Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4. 2 Samuel 4 and verse 4. I'm reading from the NLT and it reads as this. Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named I want y'all to say it without me giving you any help. Would you just give it a whirl? You ready? Go for it. Y'all did great. Y'all did great. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. If we have another child, that's what we're going to name him. (laughs) Jesus, help us please, Lord. Who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel. That Saul and Jonathan, Saul was King Saul, Jonathan was his son, had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up, he's probably in the castle, and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. They didn't have St. Elizabeth. Baptist Hospital, the boy was crippled the rest of his life. I want to read again from 2 Samuel chapter 9, and we're going to go through 1 through 6. One day David, this is many years later, we were reading in chapter 4, but now we're jumping to 9, it's later. And King David is now sitting on the throne, and he makes these statements. One day David asked Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was David's best friend. Ziba replied, he said this, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he, the king asked, in Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Ziba told him. So David sent for him and brought him from Machir's home. That's the best I can do. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. He was scared to to death, if you know the text. He thought his life was finished. David was going to take his life. David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. I uh, want to preach to you today, and I'm going to simply call this, Get Out of Lodabar. Get Out of Lodabar. Now, nobody jump shouted because that just doesn't seem like it makes sense, does it? Get Out of Lodabar. Get Out of Lodabar. I want to, is there any single moms in the house today, and this is not an embarrassment today, But if you're a single mother, would you stand up? Would you do that? Would you just stand up if you're a a single mom? Awesome, 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 awesome. It's not an embarrassing thing. Uh, We we honor you today. And let me me tell you why we honor you today. It's because you're a single mom. You woke up. And if you got your kids with you, you got your kids to church. and, And you work hard and do all the things like that. And you're doing it alone. And you still put God in. And I think we ought to give it up for our single moms today. Can you do that? Awesome. Awesome. Now, out of you single moms that were just standing, is there anyone um, that would mind me using you today in? (laughs) Hmm. Kimberly, you want to help me? Kimberly, I know you and you're a bold one, so come up here. And and now, have I talked to you before service? No, we don't know. No, no. So, but I'm going to use Kimberly here today. You up for this? Sure, why not? You ready? Yes, let's go. I mean, we gave you a hand clap, so you ought to be able to do I'm it, right? awesome. All right. Okay. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask her to, to, to let, let me ask you another question as I'm getting this started. Does anybody here today have a $100 bill? Anybody have a $100? Boy, it's getting thinner and thinner. Right. You got a $100 bill, Brother Gene? All right. Give it up. Get there quick. Move quick. 
All right, all right, let's get back here. Let's get back here. I want to get your $100. Well, I'll tell you what, would you go get his $100? <laughs> Brother Gene knows nothing about this. We have to prep him next time so he get it amongst the, all the other hundreds. He can get that one out. Has anybody got one closer? Huh? Just the first hundred, just steal it. All right, you're good, good. Thank you, Gene. It's been a pleasure, and I know she appreciates it, and it'll be great. Use as. It'll be a blessing to Yeah, awesome. So, well, you just giving it to me. Cool. Now, what I want to do is I want you to give me that hundred. That's awesome. Thank you. We're, we're doing a cool transaction. If we keep doing this, maybe we'll forget where it came from. So, but he, he gave this to you, okay? So, I, 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 hold on just a second. We're going we're gonna to make change with that and uh, fix, you, fix you up, okay? So, we're going to put that one up. <laughs> And then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you give you change for that, okay? So, uh, it, it, but let, let let me go ahead and take it first. I don't want you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. There's twenty. There's forty. There's sixty. It's great great to be with y'all. I um. I'm glad glad that everybody. Thank thank you thank you. That was a great transaction. I. Kimberly Kimberly. That wasn't your hundred that I can tell, obviously, in the first investment. Because <laughs> if it had been your hundred, you wouldn't have walked off that easy. <laughs> but do you trust me? I do. You believe in me? I do. I know you do. Um, and do you, as a pastor role in your life, do you love me as a pastor role in your life? I do. You, you believe in me, don't you? Yes. You've been around here a while. You, you believe in me, huh? Awesome. Well, well, th well, thank you so much. And now that I'm through bragging on myself, I, I, I know that you know that this is, I, I'm going to do you right, right? Right. You find it right. But I, but I gave you 60 for the 100. Not mine. Yeah. <laughs> mm, man, I sure you wish you'd have had 100 to start this. It would have been worked better. But, but, but you do trust me. I do. You do believe in me. Yes. Well, you know that that's doesn't work out right, right? From, huh? Okay. So you know you're 40 off. Right. All right. All right. Just just stand there just a minute. That's called being shortchanged. When you make an investment, but when the investment gets finished, there's still something left. In other words, there's a deficit. In other words, you made an investment in but what you got back out of the investment what is, wasn't as much as you put in the investment, and you were short-changed. And if that would have been her 100, we definitely know that she would have been short-changed. There's a deficit there. There there's has been a transaction that Kimberly, if that would have been your 100, you wouldn't have come out good in, in that transaction. You were done wrong. You, someone shames you. You invested into, but you didn't get back out of something that you invested in. A lot more, you put more into it than you got out of it. You didn't deserve what you got back, but you got back, and it really wasn't based on what you deserved, you found out. You just got back what you got back, and that's the way it is. And and, and, and someone let you down and you felt like you got the bad end of the deal. Has anybody ever been there? Has anybody ever stood where Kimberly has, and we just have to act like that was her $100, but you're standing there in that place.
where you've invested, forget the money side of it just a minute, but, but you've invested more than you got back in some form of a relationship. Someone promised you, but you got half of what you were promised. You were shortchanged. Throw your hands up if you've ever been there. You were shortchanged. Now, Kimberly, I want you to sit down, but I want you to sit down real close, maybe right there by my wife, because you need to sit down real close because I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. You don't want to run too far. You don't want to get too far off because you just never know that because when God gets up invested in the process of where you were shortchanged, I would advise you not to go back to the place where you came from. You need to just hang real close because God's up to something in the place where you've been shortchanged. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. David had a best friend, and his best friend's name was Jonathan. I mean, they were best friends. Jonathan's daddy was King Saul. I mean, he was the head dude over all of Israel, very powerful man. Jonathan was his son. Jonathan was an heir to the throne. Jonathan had a son. Why he named him, we got like Saul, Jonathan, and how Mephibosheth come out of there. I don't know, but he named his son Mephibosheth. And do you get the process? He is equally an heir to the throne behind Jonathan. But something bad happens one day. King Saul goes into battle and Jonathan goes into battle and neither one of them come back from the battle. They die in the battle. Now, what this appears to be about to happen is Mephibosheth would be anointed as king and this young boy, even though he's small, it happened at other times in the Bible. One boy was a king, a crown king at eight years old. It happened young in the Bible that, that he should be a crown king. But something doesn't happen like that. He has a servant that reaches down and picks him up because Saul dies and Jonathan dies. The opposing army is about to take over Israel and say they know the first place they're going to come is to the castle and they're going to kill all of the king's sons and they're going to destroy all the king's servants. And so Jezreel reaches down, picks up Mephibosheth, and begins to run with him out of the palace. And on her way out, she trips over something. She falls in the haste of what she's doing, and she drops Mephibosheth, and he breaks both of his legs which was in that day a statement that you were going to be there the rest of your life. They were not going to splint you up and get you to the hospital and get you well, but you were finished. You were never going to walk again the way you used to walk. I want to tell you, Mephibosheth just started getting short change. He has royal blood flowing through his veins. He's set up, man. He's wearing nice clothes, nice outfits. He's drinking and eating the way king's kids do. Everything's good, but somebody gave him back 60 when they should have given him back 100. He got shortchanged in the process. David is now the one that's anointed king. Jonathan's friend, David, is the one that's anointed king. David is now, in chapter 9, sitting on the throne. David is the one that wasn't expected to be here. David didn't have royal blood flowing through his veins. He was pretty much a nobody. In fact, he was a runt on the backside of the desert watching stinking sheep. Dirty, stinking sheep, fighting bears and killing this and killing lions and keeping them off of sheep. He's got a rough job, a stinky job. In fact, when, they brought, when Samuel called them in to look over to see who to anoint his king, they didn't even bring in David. He's got the stinky job. He's the runt on the backside of nowhere. Yeah. 
But now in chapter 9, it's this king, this kid with no royal blood flowing through his veins, sitting on a throne, didn't deserve to be there, and gets to thinking and missing his buddy Jonathan one day. And he makes a statement. Is there anybody of Jonathan's house, King Saul's house, is there anybody still alive? He hadn't heard the story about the dropping. He hadn't heard all of that. But he's missing and he's needing somebody to touch from his old friendship. And somebody pipes up and said, yeah, his name is Ziba. He pipes up and said, yeah, there's somebody from Jonathan's house and King Saul's lineage. There's somebody and his name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was dropped and is lame on both of his feet and he lives down in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar? That's a long ways from the king's house. Lodabar. He was dropped the day he really started being shortchanged was the day that he was dropped and he's went along. It's been a long, hard fall when he when he started being shortchanged. A long, hard fall, man. And falls sometimes happen that way. It started where you invested a lot, you didn't get back what you should have gotten back, and the fall starts taking place. You didn't think you would ever be here, but now you're in Lodabar. Lodabar, a place. Let me tell you what Lodabar means. A Lodabar means a place where there is no communication and where nothing grows. Let me, let me break that down for you a little bit. In other words, AT&T didn't set up a tower there. It wasn't even worth it. The town wasn't even worth a place to set up a cell tower in modern day lingo. It wasn't a place that nobody could get a hold of you. They couldn't, get a, they couldn't send you a telegram. They couldn't send you a fax. There was, I mean, it was a bad place. It was a place where there was no communication. There just wasn't much going on in Lodabar. It's a long ways from a palace. And it also means a place where things don't grow. In other words, in Lodabar, you don't even grow your own crops from Lodabar. You've got to get your crops from somewhere else and bring them into Lodabar because the soil's not good, nothing grows there, nothing's worth anything. It seems like it's a dead, forgotten place. It just feels like Mephibosheth has been shortchanged from the royal blood flowing through his veins and now he doesn't have anybody to communicate with and he's in a place where nothing is growing. Everything's dead. Everything's barren. Everything's broken down. And if you made it to Lodabar, well nobody really cares about people in Lodabar. If you are in Lodabar, you feel like you have been shortchanged. You feel like somebody has forgotten you. Somewhere in the relationship, something was broken down. Somewhere you got shortchanged. Can I just stop right here and just say something to somebody here today? And I hope this is a, a word, a rhema word to you, and that is this. Can I just tell you something that God knows where you are at if you have been shortchanged in life and you found yourself now sitting in a place called Lodabar. You don't know how you got here. Your dreams were bigger than this. Your ambitions were bigger than this. I thought I was even going to have a great marriage and, and two, three kids, everything in the beautiful house and the American dream, and now I'm stuck. I barely can make ends meet. I, I thought I'd be I thought my retirement was going to be more than this. But I'm ending up and nothing is growing here. No communication in here. I don't even feel like I hear from God. Is anybody hearing me today? You've been in Lodabar and you don't even know how you got there. And I just want to tell you this. God knows where you are at. He knows what you lost, Kimberly, in the transaction. He knows what didn't go right in the transaction. He knows what you were supposed to have and what you were shortchanged with. He knows all about it. He's the great keeper of the score. He knows all about it. I believe, I believe this. God is going to make up to you everything that you lost 
and that the reason you're in Lodabar, you don't understand, but God understands in the process, and he's got it figured out, and he knows how much you lost, and I want to tell you, baby, honey, whatever you want to call yourself, I want to tell you, God is keeping score, and I just got to believe everything is going to be all right. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I believe God is going to make it up to you. We call that in our church, we call it when people walk in this door, we have a plan for you. We have a, we, we're, we're, we're mapping this thing out and trying to be in an easy way for you to understand that we want you to go from here to there. We know you walked in maybe in Lodabar. But you came here looking for something, and we've got a plan for you. We call it connect the dots. Dot one is salvation. Dot two is deliverance. Dot three is restoration. Dot four is fulfillment. And we want you to experience all of that while you're at Parkway, somewhere between the cradle and the grave. We want you to experience those and live in a fulfillment place in your life. Amen? Amen. But dot three is restoration. Dot three is when things start coming back to you. Things that you lost start coming back. And that's exactly what I'm preaching. This is a dot three message. We've been in a dot two series called Jesus Healed My. It was a dot. It's deliverance. It's setting free. And we found some dot one and dot two up in there. We found some salvation and some deliverance. But I believe there comes a t- season in time where you've got to move to a dot three. You've experienced salvation, but you're still feeling like you're in Lodabar. You've gotten some healing, but you still feel a short change in Lodabar. But there comes a moment, and God just works that way when things start being restored back into your life. It's dot three. It's restoration. Joel chapter two. Joel chapter two says this. The threshing floors will be full of grain. Talking about the Israelites. And the vats will overflow with the new wine and oil. The new wine and the new oil. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The creeping locusts. The stripping locusts. And the gnawing locusts. You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never, somebody say never, never never be put to shame again. You're never going to be put back into Lodabar. I'm bringing you out of that. There was an old movie many years ago. I'm not going to give you the title, but people my age will know. And somebody put his little girlfriend in a corner. And he said, oh, nobody put baby in a corner. Oh, some of you laughing. Some of you laughing. You need to, you need to get the Holy Ghost. But, and, and he goes back and he said, nobody put baby in a corner. And he gets baby out of the corner and she's restored back to his arm. Can I just tell you that the enemy has put some of you in a corner and you've lost things. And God says, nobody puts my kids in a corner. And he's stepping here this morning and going back to the corner and saying, you got to come out of the corner. You've got to get out of the corner. Lodabar is not for you. I want you to come out of Lodabar. If y'all help me preach, I'm going to preach today. I don't have much longer, so you better get there quick. Swarming locusts. One text says he will give you back, out of the same text, I will give you back everything that the canker worm has stolen from you. Everything that's gnawed. The swarming locusts, it says. The gnawing locusts. The creeping locusts. The stripping locusts. And I'm going to tell you this. Some of you today know exactly what I mean. You feel like the enemy has swarmed around your life. He's creeped around your life. He's stripped things from your life. And he's just always... Just no, I hope they didn't get a picture of them. Gnawing. Just, just gnawing at your life. I mean, you, you, you get a little bit, you get a little extra, and he just comes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you get an extra pay raise and your car breaks down. It's just always something eating everything that you got around you. But he says, wait a minute, something's got to stop here. Yeah. 
Some, I'm going to give you back what you lost, but I'm not only going to give you back what you lost, I'm going to give you more than you had in the first place. Shame, he said this. I love it. He says, then my people will never be put to shame. I want to just stop right here and say this. The kingdom of God is about not, it's, it's not about putting anybody to shame. If shame is ever placed on your life or around your life, it shouldn't come from the children of God and the house of God because God is in the lifting business and not in the shame business. Shame comes when something has been taken from you. Your husband has been taken. Your wife's been taken. Your dignity's been taken. Your reputation, your purity, your dream. And all of a sudden you're left with shame. Mephibosheth lived in Lodabar with lots of shame. But all of a sudden, David's in the house, and just one day randomly, I don't think anything happens randomly. I think God must have been up in it. And David thinks, Boy, I sure miss old Johnny today. I wonder if old Johnny has anybody kin to him still living. Hey, servants, do y'all know anybody from Jonathan's house? God just put David on David's mind about Jonathan's heirs. I believe this today. God is going to put you on someone's mind that has the ability to make up what you lost. Will anybody claim that in Jesus' name? Just something happens. It just clicks one day. I've had those moments when God just puts me on somebody's heart and in an area where I've been feeling a deficit, I get a call and the call says, Pastor, I love you, I believe in you, and I just want to encourage you today. And what the enemy has stolen from me, God just put me on somebody's mind and pulled me right out of Lodabar and put me back where he wanted me to be. Anybody been there? He saw how you waited. He saw how you trusted. He saw you trusting in his character. He saw how you loved in the, him in the position he has in your life. He saw that. He saw you not get bitter in Lodabar when you're suffering a deficit of being shortchanged. He saw that. And Mephibosheth's time of deliverance came. Here it is. David sends them down to get him out of Lodabar. But when he get there, gets there, Mephibosheth can't even walk. He can't even get to where he wanted, if he wanted to. He can't even walk. He was shortchanged. He was in a bad place. He lost some things. Didn't expect to be here. Every once in a while, I check my blood. Still looks like royal blood, but I just don't know why I'm here. He was so shortchanged. Now I want you to do something. Get out of Lodabar. Get out of Lodabar. But I can't get out of Lodabar. But David used somebody. He said, pick him up and bring him to me. Get him out of there. I just got to believe, if you can let me just preach a little faith here today, that God is not only has the ability to put you on somebody's mind that can make a difference, but also he has the ability to pick you up and carry you and your current level of faith to get you to the place where you need to get a higher blessing than where you're currently at. He has the ability I know the devil told you that you were broken. I know the devil told you you were too lame. I know the devil told you you were suffering too much shame. But God, I believe, is going to carry you out of the place where you're stuck in and get you to a place of miraculous. Don't stay in Lodabar. Look at me close here today. Get 
out of that mindset. Why? Because there is a palace waiting for you. I'm a little weary with Christians who God has got royal blood flowing through your veins and yeah, you had some deficits, you had some tough times, but you decided not to even live in the place any close to where you used to live. My God, you've settled for a low place. You can tell it in your countenance. You can tell in your walk. You can tell it how you hang your head even when you walk in the house of God. Can I just tell you, I know things didn't work out the way you thought they were going to work out, but dear goodness, stand back up and understand, you got royal blood and nobody can keep you down when you're a king's kid. Somebody stand and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Can you do that? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Somebody say, get out of Lodabar. Tap somebody around here and say, don't you stay in Lodabar. You may be seated. Hang on with me. I'm not much longer. Hang on with me. Lodabar is a tricky place. Lodabar will trick you. You hearing me? It'll trick you. It's a tricky place. While you're there in Lodabar, you can't get too far You can't get too far away in your spirit. You can't get bitter in your spirit in Lodabar. Or you'll sit on a pew and be sitting there full of shame. Knowing who you really are, but full of shame. It's a tricky, tricky place, Lodabar is. But you've got to keep on trusting that someone is going to remember that you're a king's kid. Somebody, don't get bitter. Don't get mad. And hear this, don't get vindictive. Somebody need to hear that. Don't get vindictive in Lodabar because you're suffering a deficit. Don't give up. Students, look at me. You're going to get done wrong in life. That's not prophetic. That's just life. You're going to get done wrong. Can I get a witness? Isn't that exciting how your pastor encourages you? You're going to get done wrong. You need to go in and hear it from me today. You're going to get done. And let me, let me go a little further. Somebody probably going to even do you wrong at church. And you let it kick you so far out of the palace that you come in and you lose your walk with God because you carry so much vindictiveness and anger and struggle and you isolate your place that you never grow again from that place. Don't get mad. Don't get vindictive. Because God might use the very one that took your inheritance (laughs) to be the catalyst to help you get you out of Lodabar. you got to keep your spirit right. So he brings Mephibosheth to the palace. And he's in the palace. He should have been there in the first place. But he finally got there. Better late than never. Should have been here, but just glad to be here now. Look at somebody right now and just say, I think I'm almost there. I've been fighting for my life. I've been struggling. I've been trying to keep my spirit right, but I think I'm just about to get out of this. I think something's about to turn. I've been struggling to let go in Lodabar because I thought it was the best I could do, but I'm going to let go of Lodabar. I just think I'm about ready to do that. Lodabar, as far as I have ever gotten in God while everybody else around me is living with the king, I, I sit around people on my pew even at church that seem like they're already with the king, but... I feel like I've been stuck in Lodabar, but not today, devil. This message is for me. I'm laying hold of the promise. I'm out of here and on my way to something greater in God. I'm tired of being where I am, tired of struggling with these curses that are upon me, 
have been placed upon me, maybe generational curses. Something's got to be broken. Something's got to be done. I know there was a battle lost to get me where I'm at, but I think a battle's about to be won to get me to where I'm going. I think something's about to turn, about to turn, and Mephibosheth is brought into the palace and stands before King David, and they put him there, and all of a sudden, he falls on his face, calls himself a servant in fear, wondering what David's about to do, because he's still living in a Lodabar spirit, even though he's in the palace. He's still scared to death that Nobody's going to recognize anything royal in him because he's been so long in Lodabar that he can't even know that if God can help him get out of the shame that he's in. But I got to tell you, Mephibosheth, you're fixing to have a get out of Lodabar story. You're about to have a story that you're going to tell your grandkids and their grandkids are going to be told the story. In other words, what's a Lodabar story? It's a mindset change. It doesn't mean you don't go home to the same place. I know you will today. It doesn't mean that you don't go to the same restaurant or, God forbid, you, you don't go to a restaurant. You go eat down there. Whew, we just got out of trouble. And, 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 but still, something's changed. Something's different. I had somebody tell me not long ago after a, a message here on Sunday of Jesus healed uh, my relationships. It was that day that somebody walked out of here and they were riding with their wife home and, and, and that message was about humility and they left out of here and they said this, everything looks different even in driving today. The, the buildings are the same. Everything, what was the deal? They, that was a get out of Lodabar story. Everything did look different because everything was different in them. Everything was different in their spirit and in their mind. There was a get a load out of Lodabar story. Your out of Lodabar story is your testimony. And that story becomes beautiful. You have a story about I was there, but I didn't give up. You have a story about a God that you had faith in that lets you experience dot three. You have been healed. You have been delivered. You have been set free. You have been set free. Brandon, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to bring up that seat. Would you do that today? And I want you to put that seat. Let's just put that seat. Uh, uh, just, just put it right up here if you don't mind. Just put it right up here. But he was not only delivered from Lodabar, but listen what happened. He was also given back all of his grandpa King Saul's land and everything he owned. People, you just got to understand something. King Saul was the first king of Israel. He was loaded. He owned land. He was the big daddy. I mean, the first king. They about worshipped him. He was, boy, he was something. He was wealthy. He owned tons of land, tons of stuff, tons of belongings. But it was all stripped from their family. And now it's in the ownership of King David but when he brings Mephibi in and sets him in the seat, he says, listen here, Mephibi, I see you got some problems from yesterday, but I got to tell you something. I'm not even noticing that. I notice your blood. I notice who you are. I notice what you're adopted into now. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something, friend. I'm going to give you all of the king saw your grandpa's land. He, this little guy, just went from being a pauper in Lodabar to being one of the richest dudes in all of Israel. I mean, he's got swag. You hear me? He has got it going on. He just went from Kmart to Giorgio Mani in one blink of an eye. He just went from, he just went from Target, Target, to Neiman Marcus in one moment. He changed his online status to I got it going on. You know what I'm saying? He just amen, went from a bad place to a good place all in one moment when he sat in the seat of promise. <laughs> and he got in the seat of promise 
and he's back to the place where he was used to be and he's all of a sudden starting having things and then he says this, I'm gonna give you servants from now on. In fact, Ziba, come here. I want you and all your 20 sons. My God, Ziba was busy. I want you to tell you, I want you and your 20 sons, all of y'all to be the servants of Mephibosheth and from now on, I want you to plant his crops. I want you to take care of him. I want you to feed him. I want you to prepare for him for the rest of his days, Ziba, you you and you, your, all your kids and all your offspring are going to take care of Mr. Mephibosheth who's back in his place, in his seat of promise. He was given the servants. But this to me has always been one of my favorite things that he gave him. He said, now I want to give you a seat back at the king's table. From now on, you're going to have a seat at my house. Dude, do you understand where he just came from? From Lodabar to now when he sits down. Can't get there by himself because of his leg problem. But when he sits down and he scoots up to the king's royal dining room. He sits with kings and queens and priests and judges and I remember when I was a kid what it was like to be here. And now I'm back in the seat. All those years of deficit seem to be washed away in a moment. Everything I went through is yesterday's memory. But because I didn't give up, and God remembered my name and remembered my bloodline, I'm back in the king's house. And he sits there, and he enjoys steak and baked potatoes in the king's house. Can I just stop and say this? There is a seat waiting on you. And when you sit in that seat, it's your seat of blessing. It's your seat of blessing. I'm not trying to be all weird and goofy on that. I'm just telling you, there comes a moment, Kimberly, that God steps back to you, and he says, come here, Kimberly. Come here just a minute. I, I'm going to hold your hand as pastor, okay? okay? Just a minute. And I want you to walk up here a minute. But I want to come here, Kim, and tell you, I know what you lost. But I want you to take a step up with me. We're going to a higher place. We're moving beyond. I know where you've been in Lodabar. But you didn't give up. And you didn't get too far away. And you kept coming back to church. That's <laughs> what keeps me going. I know it's what keeps you going. And just stay with me. I'm taking you somewhere. And he walks back in and said, listen, Kimberly, I know you may not be the richest person. But I want you to sit down there just for a moment. Because now, it doesn't matter really what's in your bank account. It matters what's flowing through your veins. And you're a king's kid. And just a few weeks ago, you stood right here and you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We baptize you in the lovely name of Jesus and nobody can push baby in a corner anymore. Red blood, red blood. You at the seat, you at the seat. I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to a lot of other people in this room today that have pushed themselves gotten themselves, maybe not even out of their own desire in a place where they didn't want to be. But God says, wait a minute, I've got a seat. I've got a promise. I know it didn't feel like it was ever going to come, but I'm taking you up higher from where you used to be and to a place in the king's house because I recognize something about you that you didn't even recognize about yourself. You're not forgotten, and there's blood, royal blood. You're a king's kid, and it's noticed, and it's you. Oh, the half has not been told. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you all the property of your heavenly father. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He props his foot up on the earth. That's how big he is. And all of that investment is coming back to you. I know you think you're $40 short, but you're so far ahead from where you used to be just because of where you're at now. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Don't you let next week, don't let on Monday or Tuesday the devil start whispering here, don't you let anybody talk you out of on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, all seven of them, you have a place at the king's house. Don't you let anybody talk you out of that. When you walk back out the door and shame starts to crawl on you and the gnawing stuff starts coming back on you, you kick off the canker worm, you kick off the issues, you kick off the shame and said, I got a promise back at the king's house and I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep walking back because I have a spot that the king says was all just for me. Whatever thing seemed like it was all over, things start coming back. Things that were owed you. Aren't you owed something else? You owed something else? I got a feeling, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I just got a feeling he's going to make up the difference. How much is that? Forty dollars. This is not magic, all right? <laughs> I want you to put that back in there. How much you got now? Uh, let's see, twenty, forty, sixty. My God, you don't trust me. <laughs> Look, I want you to stand up. And there's something's been hounding you. You've got a creditor. I want you to go pay your creditor off. I want you to go pay your creditor. Do you see it? Do you see it, people? Now wait a minute. Come back to the king's house. Come back to the king's house because I've never served a God. The God that I serve never ends like that. He never just gives me back what was stolen from me. He always gives me back more than I could ever dream of. <laughs> yeah, you, you're starting to get it now, aren't you? You're starting to get it now. You're starting to get it now. And he reaches in his pocket and says, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got more. I got more than you could ever dream of, huh? I got to tell you something. I got everything taken care of for you. Not only will I give you back what the creditor is hounding you for. I'm sorry about that, Brother Gene's doing that to you. But I want to do this. I want to start blessing you a little bit. I want to start giving to you a little bit. I want to bless you back into your life, all around your life. I want the Lord to start doing. Those are not all hundreds, I want to tell you. He starts giving back into your life, and by the time he's getting through with you, he'll cover you up. Now, don't be chintzy when he covers you up because the same place, the same barrel he's pulling from, he'll keep giving back into you. Don't be sitting here when he's giving and go back in your mind to Lodabar into a chintzy place. Let him start putting more on you than you could ever imagine in your life, in your life. I want to give you. I want it to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over I want to give back into your life more than you were ever taken. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Stand with me today and give the Lord a shout. Huh? What? What? Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. He didn't even, I promised to God. Do we have any of this set up? Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> He just brought me a $100 bill. You know what I'm going to say? You know if the Lord just spoke to me? That's the power of the church of the living God. If you'll just get back to church, if you'll just get back, you've got a loving, loving body of people that in their blessings, they've got something stored up for them. I gave you fives, but Larry gave you a hundred. God's blessings just keep passing on and on and on and on in your life. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs> and you know what God does? Here's how God does this. Then he, 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 takes, he gets Larry over here. He's already off loving. He gets Larry over here, and then he starts blessing Larry. And people, if you think I'm just talking about money, you've missed it. I'm talking about so much bigger than that. But he starts blessing. He starts giving back into your family. What you've lost, what the enemy stole, he starts putting back in there, and he starts blessing your life and says, get the shame off. Come up here, Larry. I'm so glad you did this. This just hit me. Come here, Bubba. Come here, Bubba. Larry told me one time, he said, Pastor, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come here. And what's funny is I thought about you last night. I thought about you, and it just hit me. 
thought about last night because I thought about bringing Larry up, and this is why (laughs) the Lord just reminded me of it, and that is this. Larry said one day, he said this. He said, Pastor, I wish I would have found this so many years ago because I wasted my life in a bar room. He said they used to own a bar, and they were mean as they could possibly be. You didn't want to go down their street, they'd shoot you. God, forgive him. But listen, <laughs> listen. But God saved his life, turned him around. And one of the sweetest men you'll meet in this church is Larry Poe. Am I telling the truth? But listen to this. Listen to this. Man, I, I felt this strong last night. And I, I can't believe that you're the one that did that, that brought that $100. Because look, the thing that the enemy stole from him was years of health and strength and blessing. And he said, Pastor, I just wish I would have known now what I knew then. I just wish I would have found this. But I spent years and years and years in misery. But I just got to believe the years that the gnawing locust and the years, how old are you? 78. Yeah, 78. Years that the enemy has torn away and eat away and destroyed and, and the drinking and all that stuff. This guy, one of the most healthiest guys in the room. Because I just got to believe what the enemy has stolen away, God just keeps blessing back into. And I want to tell you, the current place that he is in is a king's table. Come over here. It's at a king's house. And Larry, hallelujah, everything the devil stole from you, I just believe in the last few years, God's been putting back into you and blessing you and giving to you and he's given more than you can possibly be given. I love it. I love it. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's the power of the church It's the power of Christ. It's the power of the promise. Now, this is what I want you to do. Everywhere where you're sitting, where you're standing, I want you to do something. I want you to put both hands up in the air, and I want you to do this for a minute. I want you to say, I'm getting out of Lodabar. It's a mindset. It's a broken down place. I want you to keep your hands up. And for the next few minutes, even if you're not used to doing this, I want you to play. If you're not used to doing it, I want you to play like you're at your kid's recital or you're at, or at the Super Bowl or something. And I want you to lift your voice to God out loud and start talking to the Lord and say, I'm coming out. I'm tired of being there. I'm coming out and I need to take you up on the promises of God. Right now, would you start talking to the Lord? Right now, all across this place, Come on, step into the promise that God has for you. Step into the promise God has for you. Right now, right now, right now, right now. That's it.